0: the story of Jesus and his plan for you and salvation. And um, so I want you to invite as many people as you can to come and hear the good news of Jesus on Easter. And so in your bulletin, there's cards. They're all over the lobby. Take as many as you want. Invite as many family, friends, neighbors as you can to church. And there's also the blue cards that tell about not only the radio program, but our, our website and our service times. And sometimes people won't come to church. But maybe they'll listen, and maybe they'll watch online or something. And so whatever you can do to share the gospel message, would you please do that with us this Easter? And let's believe God for a great harvest. Amen? Amen. Amen. Get your Bibles out, Romans chapter 12, in your sermon notes. Romans chapter 12, and your sermon notes. Let's get ready to go and dive in God's Word. We're on the Romans road trip. Been walking through the book of Romans, kind of chapter by chapter, sometimes verse by verse looking at what Paul is telling us in this most important epistle, and we've gone to this point finding out how much God loves us. We're lost. We're sinners. We are without excuse. We're in big trouble without God, and yet God loves us so much. He came, and he rescued us, and and he's given us grace, and he's justified us, and the word justified means just as if I'd never sinned, And, and that's what we have in Christ, and it's so wonderful and so awesome, and and, and we've been hearing about how great that is, all these chapters. And now we get to chapter 12. And we're in a new section called The Evidence of Justification by Faith. And that's just saying, how do we live out this justification that God's given us? This grace, this mercy, this love, all the good things God gives us. How do we live this out? And I'm, I'm especially pumped about today's message because it fits with one of our missions as a church, Our first mission is to connect people with God. That's what we're going to be doing on Easter. That's what we want to do through worship, prayer, the Word, whenever. We want to connect people to God. Most important relationship anyone will ever have, it determines not only this life, but your eternity. And so that's the first one, we connect people to people, because you're not meant to be a Christian all alone. But finally, we connect people to their calling, and this is Romans chapter 12. God made you for a purpose. If you can hear my voice this morning, God made you for a purpose. It's not just the pastor that stands up front and preaches, or the people that sing on the platform, or the people that you've seen that are doing the, quote, big ministries around the world. No, this is for all of us, that we have to connect with our calling. Romans chapter 12, if you're there, let's start in verse 1. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by grace given I, me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us is one body with many members, has one body with many members, for these members do not have all the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Let's review verse 1 and 2, which we've already preached on, but just in a nutshell. Paul is saying, I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. In view of all that God's done, his love, his grace, his mercy, and everything that he's done, the only reasonable, the only logical, the only intelligent thing for you to do with for all that God's done for you is to offer yourself to him. That's a choice we have to make, but he's begging us to make that choice. Would you give yourself to me? That's what God says. Would you present your bodies to me? Would you present your lives to me? A living sacrifice to a living God, not a dead sacrifice to a dead God. You think of the pagan religions out there of that day, they would offer the meat or the flowers to the idol and the meat is dead and the idol's dead and it stinks and it's just, ugh. you know, that's, that's a dead sacrifice to a dead God. He says, give yourself as a living sacrifice to a living God. Offer yourself to God. That's what you need to do and allow him to transform you that you won't conform to this world, that you won't look like this world, but that you'll be transformed. The Greek word there is the same word we use for metamorphosis, that you would have this complete radical transformation in your heart, in your mind, through the word of God that you'll be somebody completely different. That you would offer yourself to God and allow God to work on you. And that's what we're supposed to do, offer ourselves to God. And then in turn, Romans eight twenty nine says he'll conform us into the image of Christ. He's saying, I'm begging you, just give yourself to God and, and, and allow him to be at work in your life. And, and that's just a short recap. You can listen to the whole sermon online. But he says, offer yourself to God. And then what do we do when we offer ourselves to God? That's what we're going to look today in verses 3. Through eight. So if you have your Bibles open, we're going to go through verses 3 through 8. And Paul is going to be talking about gifts here. And on the screen, there's different places in the New Testament he talks about gifts. And there's more than just these three that I'm going to show you. But these are three places that he groups them together. And the first place Paul groups gifts things together is in Ephesians chapter 4. And we call these the ministry gifts. That's the apostle, prophet, pastor, or, or, uh, po- apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Those five gifts to the church. And those are life callings that someone has to the body of Christ. And so those are ministry gifts that Christ gives his church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we have what we call the manifestational gifts. And those are gifts that that the Holy Spirit uh, takes. and, And there's this manifestation of the power of God through an individual in the church. And there is something definitely demonstrated in a manifestational sense And those are listed in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now in Romans chapter 12, we have what we call the motivational gifts. And these are the gifts that are the grace gifts. Those are what God gives to all believers. And each one of us has a grace gift. And I want to look at those gifts today. And I want you to find your place in God's family. Now it begins by saying, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think of yourself. What does he mean by that? Well, I can tell a story. When I was in seminary in Cincinnati, I was working at a church. It was a large church, and they had a national uh, pastor's conference coming there. And we we're talking the biggest names from around the country were coming, about 3,000-seat auditorium. And um, they're coming. And I was working with a guy by the name of Pastor Kenny Price. And Kenny talked to me, and he said, you know what? I need you to be my right-hand man throughout this conference. And I said, I am there. I'm there. I'm there. I'm in seminary, I'm young, I'm thinking I'm so spiritual and God's going to use me in such awesome ways and maybe he'll have me pray or work the altars or give announcements or somehow or drive the big name speakers around somehow, some way I, God's going to use me and so I, I get all dressed up and I show up for the, the first evening and I show up early and I'm like, alright, and, and the, the crowd is already there it's packed out and, um, and he's like, oh I'm glad you're here and I'm like, I'm glad I'm here too And he says, I'm glad you're here. And he literally hands me a plunger and says, there's so many people using the bathrooms. The toilets are overflowing all over the building. Can you go and plunge them? I said, I'm your man. And and I remember, I, I literally remember going around the church, large church, unstopping toilets in my suit and tie. And laughing to myself, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. And um, you know what? Because God isn't looking. It's not about plunging toilets or preaching up front. It's about the heart, isn't it? Because I knew that I needed to get my heart right while I was plunging toilets. So I better do that with a smile. And, and it was funny because we shouldn't think of ourselves more highly than what we ought. But you know, that's, that's a little bit of what Paul's saying. But you know what Paul's really saying in this passage of Scripture? I want you to write down two words. He's saying, I want you to operate in humility and unity. In humility and unity. That's what God wants us to do. And these are essential. I mean, think about your life. Think about your relationships. Think about where you work. What you do. What if everybody around you walked in humility and unity? How awesome would our homes be, our workplace? How awesome should the church be if we would walk in this humility and in this unity? That's what God's calling us to do as a body, as a family, to have a humble attitude, to be a part of the team and say, we are the body of Christ. I will do my part, my work, whatever it is. I realize that anything I do is a gift. Ephesians chapter three and verse twenty, or excuse me, chapter two, verse twenty. It says, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Listen to me this morning. This is my heart to you guys, because when, when, when I preach, when the pastor preaches, my office gift of, of preaching and teaching here is, is to invest in your life, to equip you for what you're called to do. So listen to me today. God created you to serve him. God made you for a purpose, for a reason, something only you can do. Do you see that right there in Ephesians? You were created by God for a purpose. So, what is Paul telling us in, in Ephesians and in Romans and in this, this talking about giftings? I want you to write these things down just a few things quickly here. One is you were created to make a contribution and not to just consume. You are not meant, whether it be to come to church or to go through life, just taking. You are called to give. You are called to uh, contribute. God's created you with a gift and he wants you to do that. Secondly, you are called by God to make a difference. Today we made a difference in India. Whatever you gave this morning is going to make a difference in India. You're going to make a difference in the life of somebody you don't even know. There are teachers right now upstairs in the gym, in the nursery, in the preschool room, making a difference in children's lives right now. You're called to make a difference wherever you go. You are called to make that difference because you were created for that purpose. The next thing is what matters is not how long you live, but how you live. Some of you may say, well, I'm too old now. I've, I've kind of missed out, or I came to the Lord later in life, or I kind of squandered all these years. It's not about how long. It's about, it's about what you're doing. I've heard it said this way, that it's not about your duration of life. It's about your donation of life. We're meant to give something back. We're meant to make that contribution, and we have to do that. I'm, I'm telling you today, as pastor, you have to say, "I'm giving my life back." And finally, the Bible says we were created to serve. We weren't. We were created to serve. Uh, we, were, me, we were created to serve. We were saved to serve. We're gifted to serve, and we are shaped to serve. Paul says, "I can't command you to." Offer yourselves as living sacrifice. I'm begging you to do it. I can't command you to because that's your choice. But once you make that choice, you gotta serve. If you're going to offer yourselves to God, you've got to serve. That's the only way the Bible is commanding us to serve. And Jesus is our example. He was the ultimate servant. And and Paul's saying, you need to be conformed into the image of Christ. You're to be just like Jesus. There's bright words in red in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Your attitude must be like my own, for I did not come to be served, but to serve. You want to be like Jesus? Serve. Give your life away. I want you to think about that for a while, and you may, you may get scared when you hear that, because you're saying, Daryl, I don't want to be plunging toilets, and I'm afraid that if I serve, that's what I'm going to end up doing. Maybe not plunging toilets, but metaphorically. My job in the kingdom is going to stink. I don't want to do that job. It may surprise you because, and and the other thing is that you may think I really don't want to do what God wants me to do, or or you might be afraid that He's going to ask you to do something too big. Like He's going to ask you to sell everything and move to a foreign country and become a missionary or whatever. So you're scared it might be too big, it might really stink. Did you know that I, I, I never wanted to be a pastor? And that might surprise you now after being here for 20 years, but honestly growing up, I remember one time I was in school, and, and a teacher said to me, and I didn't even know that they knew my dad was a pastor, and, and, and they said, yeah, you know when, when, you know, when you become a pastor like your dad, and I'm like, that's never going to happen. Are you kidding me? I don't want, I don't want this. I, I don't. And it's not that I didn't like God or didn't, you know, it's just like I don't want to do that. There's so many better ways to live life than, than that way. And, um, and I, just, I just remember, I, I don't want to do it. But as, as God's call kept coming, and as, as it became more clear uh, throughout Bible college that this is what I was called to do, was like one of those things like, God, I just don't have the gift set. I don't have, you know, I can't sing. I can't dance. I can't, you know, do drum. I can't, I mean, maybe I can talk a little, but that's about it. And, and but God, if, if this is what you want me to do, you're going to have to gift me and equip me and you're going to have to tell me that this is where I belong. and This is what I do. And now, I sit back and I go, wow, God, what a beautiful life that, that I, I'm graced to live and I can't imagine doing anything else now. See, the thing is, is when you find what God wants you to do, it's just going to fit. And God wants you to find that. And, and so I want to look at Uh, A thing here, real quickly, is made popular by Rick Warren a while back. It's called being shaped for service. It's an acronym with the word shape. And I want to just look at this because I want you to find out where God has called you to serve. In the body of Christ, in your family, in this world. And so there's there's five things here. The first one, the S, stands for spiritual gift. You're shaped to serve. The S stands for spiritual gift. Gifts that God has given you. These are special gifts that God has given you. They belong to you because God supernaturally has given them to you. These may not be your natural things. What I'm doing now and pastoring, this is not natural for me. But yet God has gifted me this way or or provided what I needed through spiritual gifts. And see, what you'll do is, is you'll be like, I don't know if I can do that. But through your spiritual gifts, supernatural abilities that God gives you, you'll be able to do what God wants you to do. The second thing is the H is the heart. These are the special passions God has given you so that you can glorify him. It's a special, the special things in your heart. And so what you need to do is you need to say, what makes me really angry? What breaks my heart? What gives me joy? What gives me pain? You know, all the different emotions out there. And God may be leading you through your heart to what you're called to do. And, and so again, see if it, like last weekend when we watched the love, you know, the, the love costs everything that the, the DVD and excuse me, the simulcast on Sunday night and your heart just breaks for the, the persecuted church. Maybe God's calling you to to work in that, you know, whatever you find, you know, like I, I get really excited about this or man, I hear the Ascension Con- Convention is coming. I'm so excited. Maybe God's telling you, you know, you to give your life for students. To do whatever you're asked to do for the students. But whatever ignites your heart is important to you because God put it there. All right, so you have your spiritual gifts. You have your heart. You have your abilities. Now, these are different than spiritual gifts because spiritual gifts are given to believers. Abilities are just talents that you have, the way God made you, things that you're good at. You're just good at those things. God gave you, blessed you with some type of ability. And so you use those abilities for God, for his kingdom. The next thing, the P, is person, uh, personality. God wired you a certain way to navigate through your life. You might be an extrovert. You might be an introvert. Uh, and, and, and it doesn't matter. I mean, however God wired you, that's what he needs. A lot of times we try to change our personality. We try to fit in. Or we, You know, God made you the way you are because he needs you that way. And so stop trying to hide who you are. And, and, and again, God gave you that personality that he can use that personality for his work. Finally, the E is for experiences. And those are the, the parts of our life that, that have happened, the past in our life, whether it's positive or painful, that God is going to use for his glory. So we have good and bad things that have happened to us along the way, and we find ourselves right now at this point in life and... God's placed us in this point in life, and you can minister where you're at now because of what you've gone through. Even the mistakes you've made, even the problems that you have. You know why? Because Romans 8.28 says, all things work together for good. God can use those tragedies for a blessing for his kingdom. He can use, there, will, there will be people that only you can talk to because of what you've gone through. And so we look at these shaped things and we realize that God has wired us a special way just for Him. And what we need to do, and listen to me carefully, this is so far, we've got to come in alignment with what God has for us. We can't look and see, well, I'd really like to do this. Really. No. What is God how has God wired us? If you'd like to take a spiritual gifts test, I, I want you to go to our homepage. Uh, at christianlifechurch.org, and right there at the top, when you go to christianlifechurch.org, there'll be a little uh, words that say spiritual gifts test. It's a free online spiritual gift assessment, and you can take that, and, and that's available to everybody here at church. And so if you want to find out your spiritual gifts, you can do it that way. But whatever it is, come in alignment with what God has for you. Let me give you another verse. First Peter 4, 10 says, Each of us should use whatever gift he or she's received to serve others, Whatever gift you have, whatever your shape, whatever your abilities, you need to use that for other people. You need to use that in the kingdom of God. Now let's jump back into Romans chapter 12. Hopefully you got your Bibles open. Let's look at Romans chapter 12 and look at the different gifts here. And, and again, we're, we're kind of running out of time here. So I'm going to give these to you quickly. But maybe you see yourself in these gifts. The first gift there, listed there is prophecy. And when we usually think of prophecy, we think of the manifestational gift of prophecy. Like when a Steve Sampson comes in, there's a prophetic word from the Lord through the Holy Spirit to a specific individual, maybe about the future or something like that. But did you know that prophecy isn't just about a manifestational gift? Did you know that in the Old Testament, a lot of the time that the prophets spoke, it really wasn't about the future. It was about the present. And what prophecy is about in the motivational gift is this. It's about speaking the truth. That you're a person that, that, that loves the truth, speaks the truth, upholds the principles found in God's word. That that is very important to you. That the truth is extremely important to you. That the, the principles of God are extremely important. Not that we wouldn't all be like, yes, we believe in the truth and the principles. Of God, but that you, you feel that it's important to speak on those things and uphold those things that that is how you are called. That's how you're bent. And that's a spiritual gift of prophecy, that that you are a person that declares the truth, stands for the truth, and we need those people in the church. Now, what we also have to realize, listen to me, go back to the beginning, that we do these things in humility and in unity. And as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, all the gifts have to be motivated by love. Love is the number one thing. So just because you have the prophetic gift doesn't mean you can go around offending everybody. But you do it in love. But you, you, you stand for the truth. You uphold the principles of God's word. And, and again, we need that in the body of Christ. The second one is serving. This word serving actually literally is the word that they would use in that time period for a servant serving a master. And, and so the gift of serving is basically this, that you have just this desire to meet any need. I and mean, there's so many, when you think about service in the kingdom of God, there's so many things that need to be done, but your heart is just to meet needs. Again, you're motivated by love, by, by, by humility and unity. It's like, hey, we need the toilets cleaned. I'm going. I, I'm there. I'm your man. You know, that kind of person that, that you see a need, and I want to fill it. And, and many of us in the body of Christ have this gift. It's like, it needs to be done. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to roll up my sleeves and do whatever I'm called to do. And so that's the gift of serving. Maybe God made you that way. The next one is the gift of teaching. Teaching. And that's instructing the truths of Scripture. And, and, and that's kind of digging down deep into God's Word, maybe to, to share with an individual or a small group or in a larger setting. But you have that gift of teaching. Teaching. Maybe you you come to church and and you like sermons that are more in-depth. You know, you want to go into the background. You want to hear what the Greek or Hebrew means. Or you want to to dig a little deeper. Maybe you have the gift of teaching. Maybe God has called you to a deeper level and deeper study of God's Word. And if you are interested in that or you like that and you like sharing what you learn, maybe you have the gift of teaching. The gift of exhortation simply means to encourage. It's just to encourage. You, you, have the, you, just, you, can, you just want to build everybody up around you. You're very people-oriented. It's very positive in its approach. It's very growth-minded in the sense that you want to challenge somebody to be the best in God. And, and you think about those things and, and uh, you know, this idea of exhorting and, and encouraging, that we need people like that. We need people that encourage and build one another up. And, and, and maybe that's just your gift. You're just good at making people feel good and, and get connected with God and get close to God. And that may be your gift. The gift of giving is somebody who's ready to share. It, there's just an abundance in your heart that whenever there's a need, and man, you're always ready to invest in kingdom work. You know, you hear, hey, there's a, there's a need in India. There's, there's, there's kids praying, and it's like, okay, which envelope do I use? What do you, how much do you need? Let me know. And you may have that gift. A lot of people have that gift. It's like, I just want to meet that need. I want to help send somebody to the Ascension Convention. You know, maybe I can't go, but I, I can give. And so what we, what we see is that we each have this gift, or, or one of these gifts, and they, they all work together. But that gift of giving is very important. And you can't neglect that gift. He, he says, if you have that gift of, of giving, then give generously. Because that's a gift that God gave you. The next one is Ruling. Ruling or maybe leadership, depending on your translation. But you know what that word actually means in, in the Greek is this, to stand out in front. That's, that's what it means, to stand out in front. And what that means is that you like rallying people together to do the kingdom work. That, that somehow, some way you can coordinate everybody that if we come together, we'll do more for God. We'll work better for the common goal. And so I will facilitate whatever I need to do. We'll get our teamwork together and we'll work together on this project. And so maybe you have that gift that that you don't like working alone. You like bringing people together to work on a project. So you might have the gift of ruling or the gift of leading. And then finally, the gift of mercy. The gift of mercy. And mercy is helping the helpless. It's, It's when your heart gravitates to those in need to those that are hurting, to those that are, are helpless. And, and you're motivated to meet the needs of people that are in distress. Now, this is different than serving because serving, they'll serve any need. Anything needed to be done, we'll do. That's the gift of serving. But the gift of mercy has to do with there's, there's a need, there's someone hurting, there's someone in distress, and I need to help them. And maybe you have that heart. I know a lot of Christians that have that heart. And so when they come up and they talk about the the food pantry or the clothing pantry, it's like, how can we get more? What can we do? How can we help those in our community that that are in need? And so these are just a few of the gifts that, that Paul talks about here. Now listen to me. We need all of these gifts in the church. We can't just have a few. And some may even seem opposite, like, a, well, the, the exhorter and the prophet might not get along because, you know, one just wants to speak truth. The other wants to just encourage. It, and so it doesn't seem to fit. But it does when we come in humility and we come in unity and we come in love together. That brings balance to the church. That brings energy and strength to the church. It's what uh, uh, Paul talks about, edifying the church or building up the church, making the church strong. And a great work is done when we all do our gift. Now here, as we come to the conclusion, this is the most important part of this message, and this is for each one of you. It's very clear that God created you for a purpose. It is very clear that somewhere, somehow, your shape involves a spiritual gift that God has given you. And this is what Paul says. He says, if you've got it, do it. If you've got it, do it. And it's just very, it's just very simple. If you are called to give, give generously. If you're called to lead, do it with diligence. If you're called to show mercy, show mercy. If you're called to, to prophesy, prophesy. If you're called to serve, then serve. If you're called, do it. That's what God is saying to you this morning. There's no more sitting back in the kingdom of God or in the church saying, well, I, I don't know. No, God says, if you've got this, you've got To do it. It is now your responsibility. I have given it to you. This is your calling. This is who you are. And I'm going to tell you when you walk in the gifts that God has given you, the benefits are out of this world. I mean, think of the joy that you have when you do what God called you to do. Think of how you feel in your heart and your spirit when I do what God's called me to do, When, when I get to team up with heaven to change someone's life? When I'm, when I'm a functioning part of his family, of his body, what kind of fulfillment will you have when you say, God, I offer myself as a living sacrifice. And God, you've given me gifts, and so I'm going to use my gifts. I mean, there's going to be nothing like that in your life. Now, some of you may have done that in the past and you've been hurt or discouraged or taken advantage of. And that happens in a fallen world. You have that gift of mercy, and, and you've been trampled on over and over again. It's like, I don't want to do that anymore. Or you have another gift, and, and you just, it just, you know what, I'm just done. It's just too hard. And I just encourage you today, listen to me. Don't get discouraged. Don't hide out or drop out. That's what the devil wants you to do. God says, you got it, do it. The devil says, you know, no, no, you've been taking advantage. Don't, just, just hide out, drop out. And, and I think about this, and, and the story that comes to mind all the time when I think about getting discouraged and, 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 and just the devil stealing the joy of ministry, I always think of Mary and Martha. I always think of that story. And if you want to go back in the devotional that the church has put out, uh, on March 7th, there was a story about Mary and Martha. And you can, if you didn't get the uh, devotional, you want to give one away, they're in the lobby. Just take one. But go back and revisit this one because... What happens is Martha was serving the Lord, but something happened. See, what happened was she got discouraged. And what was in her heart was stolen by the enemy. And so the joy she should have had in serving Jesus was robbed. And she ended up getting mad at everybody around her, including Jesus, Because they were taking advantage of her. And what Jesus is looking for is he's not looking for your service. He's looking for your heart. And when she dropped out, when she she began to get discouraged, the enemy was in there, and he stole everything away. See, that happens sometimes when we're serving the Lord. This is hard. This is long. I don't know if anybody appreciates what I do around here. And you know what? The devil's like, heard it, got it. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. Don't let him steal what God has called you to do. Because God has called the church to be on a mission throughout the world. And the body of Christ needs you. I always think of Jesus on the cross. He knows he's not going to be around much longer. And so there's John, the beloved disciple, and Mary, his mother. And he says to John, son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. What he's saying is, John, I want you to take care of my mom. I'm not going to be here anymore. You take care of Mary. That was my job. That was my responsibility. Now you take care of Mary. And what he's saying to John is, John, I want you to take my place in this world. Because I'm not going to be here. I want you to take my place in this world. And that's what he says to all of us. But it's not just all of us individually. It's all of us together. Because together we are the family or the body of Christ. The body of Christ is no longer walking around doing miracles and setting people free and, and sharing the good news. It's up in heaven, seated at the right hand of the throne, making intercession for you. He's saying, I want you, the church, to be my body to this world. And I'm going to gift you and I'm going to give you abilities that are far beyond whatever you can think. And, and again, we need to use those for his kingdom. I, I love 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight as we come to a conclusion. One of my favorite passages in the New Testament says, throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. You've got to believe God's word, because you will feel like it's a waste of time. You will feel like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it's taking this long, or nobody thinks about me. No, it is not a waste of time. It's not a waste of effort. Just give yourself completely to God. I go back to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Offer yourselves as living sacrifices. God, whatever you want me to do, whatever you call me to do, I am willing to do that. Going back to that message when I talked about William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, they asked him, why do you do what you do? And he said, Jesus Christ has all of me. That's it. Just saying, Jesus Christ is all in me. I will do whatever he calls me to do. As I think about this, and, and we go to prayer, I've been studying a lot on heaven and hell recently, and, and, and just uh, in preparation for some things that are coming up, and, and as I've been thinking about heaven. I just, I don't know, if you, have you ever thought about what it's going to be like to see Jesus for that first time? After you die, or he takes us up to be with him, or he returns. I mean, just, have you thought about that? I was thinking of the emotions. I mean, obviously, you just, you probably just want to fall down and worship. But I think you'd probably want to ball, and you'd probably want to laugh, and you'd probably, just, what's it going to be like? And you know what he's going to do? He's going to pick you up, and he's going to hold you. And he's going to say, well done good and faithful servant. Can you imagine the emotions, all that you're going to pour out on him? You know what he's going to do? He's going to say, well done. You gave me your life. You served me with your life. You did what I asked you to do. Well done. How's that going to feel? God's gifted you. He's given you something. And he's asking you to use it. As we pray, you say, oh, I don't even know what to do. I, I don't know what I should do. Well, we need to find our shape and our spiritual gift, yes. But you know what you can do right now? Sign up to help at the Ascension Convention. Invite somebody to Easter. Do some, just start. Just get started. And allow God to just make that greater and greater. See what He has put in your heart. Look in your bulletin. There's things, I was amazed. I look at this week's bulletin for children and men and women and seniors. Everything this week to get together and and to be the body of Christ together. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? I just want to pray together, and, and I just want to give you a few moments with God. But as we pray, maybe you feel like when you get to heaven, you won't hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. It's not too late. It's not too late. God's calling you to live for him, to serve him. He's put something inside of you that only you can do. When we follow him, God just says, and I share this on our vision weekend, but when he returns and when he comes back, he's looking for three things in our life. He's looking for us to be ready, ready for his return, that That we're in right relationship with Him. And I just want to confirm with you, with every head bowed and every eyes closed, that that you're in right relationship with God. Because if we're doing things our own way, if we're trying to, to live life by ourselves, we are living in sin and in rebellion to God. And Paul says in the first part of Romans that we are all sinners. And that we are separated from God and we are without excuse. And there is no hope on our own. But Jesus Christ came and he died on a cross. And he took the punishment for our sin upon himself. And through his righteousness, we can be righteous. You can't be 100% good, but you can be 100% forgiven. And Jesus allows that because of the cross. It says in Romans chapter ten that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord, we are saved. And so if you believe today that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that he rose from the dead, just say it out loud. Just know. I mean it starts in the heart and it comes out the mouth. Just and invite someone to Easter. I mean, just that you'll be ready. You'll be ready. So I want to make sure everybody's ready. That's the first thing. But you've got to be faithful with what he's given you. When he comes back, he wants to find you ready and faithful and finally active using the gift that he's given you. And so as I pray today, I want you just to pray, God, first of all, if you need to be ready, just pray, God, I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin, that you rose from the dead. Just repent from your sin, turn from them, and God will forgive you, give you a brand new life. If you're already walking with God, just, I want you to pray that God would show you what he's calling you to do, whether it be plunging toilets in the bathroom or preaching a sermon on a Sunday, wherever he's called you in his family, that you'd be faithful in that, that you would be active, that you would be doing what he's called you to do. I'm going to pray, but you pray as well. God, we just love you today. We honor you. Lord, we're, we're out of time here as we've gathered together as your family, but Lord, your time with our lives is always. And so, Lord, I pray that the teaching today from your word in Romans chapter 12 would come alive in our hearts. And, God, that we would realize no matter who we are, we were created for a purpose, that there is a reason that we're here that we've gone through things in life that only we've gone through for this reason and for this purpose to bring you glory to live for you to serve you and maybe we can reach somebody else that is going through what we've gone through God you've put something in our heart that that just burns and and just makes us so angry or makes us so joyful that we just we have to to do that We have to serve you in that way. Maybe you've given us a a spiritual gift that just motivates us to to do what you've called us to do. God, I just pray that today this all would start coming into alignment in our lives. That we would be the the men and women that you've called us to be. Lord, that we wouldn't just sit on the sidelines, but that we would get into the game. And that we would serve you. God, you've given it to us now. We just want to do it. Lord, I pray for those today that sign up for the Ascension Convention, that that would be the beginning of, of just new uh, ideas for them and, and, God, new places of them to work. And maybe they've done it for the past 20 years, but there's going to be something fresh this year about serving you. God, as we share our faith with our neighbors, and maybe we realize in that process we have the gift of evangelism, Lord, I pray that you would use us in that way. Maybe it's through giving or serving or mercy, but God, however it is, Lord, begin to unleash your church, that we may be a strong body, that we may be a good representation of you to the world. God, that we don't live for ourselves, but we live to serve others. May we be that kind of church. May we be that kind of individuals. May we use your gifts, not only in our church, but in our world and in our families, God that we may show the light of who you are. God, we love you today. We honor you. And Lord, I just pray that we would each find our place in the body and that we would serve you. And God, that we would be ready and faithful and active when you return. And Lord, I pray for everybody in this room that on that day when we see you face to face, we all get to hear those words, Well done good and faithful servant. Well done. You spent your life serving me. Well done. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. When you get home, or maybe on your phone or iPad, go online and take that spiritual gifts test. Find out where God is leading you. Look at your shape. Do some journaling. Spend some more time with the Lord. After search, just go sign up for the Ascension Convention. Get involved with that. Take some Easter flyers. Pass them out. But whatever you do, get involved. You've got the gift. Now do it. If you say, I want to follow Jesus Christ and and I just believe in him, there's packets down front. It's got a free Bible and and some other stuff in there for you to help you in your Christian walk. Um, But it's been good to be in the presence of the Lord today, hasn't it? Would you stand with me for the blessing of the Lord? And let's receive God's blessing as we go. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for that blessing that rests upon us. God, I thank you for the gifts that you have given your body. Lord, may we go out and be doers of the word now. Lord, keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again as a church and worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 It's been good to be together this morning. Uh, We'll finish Romans chapter 12 next week. And uh, God bless you. Fellowship with one another. Sign up for the Ascension Convention. And if you need special prayer, I'll be down front. But God bless you.